daughters, sisters, and wives. They're gonna change our lives. Eat women, eat girls. They'll make a better world. Invest in Now here's your host, Catherine Gray. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Invest in Her. I'm your host, Catherine Gray, founder of She Angel Investors and co-founder of the She Angels Foundation, both designed to help fund women. On today's show, I have a very exceptional guest. She is one of our uh, wonderful advisory board members of the She Angels Foundation. She is an award-winning casting director and author and so much more. I'm so excited to have on Holly Powell. Hi, Holly. How are you? Hey, Catherine. I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Holly, I still uh, d- depict that Southern accent. I know. I know. <laughs> I was born in Louisiana and grew up in Texas and Somehow it just never completely went away. But. I love that. Well, I grew up in the South also. So I love talking about the South and the Southern cooking in your new book. I can't wait to talk about that. You know, you and I were just talking about how everybody in their life seems to have like three acts. Mm-hmm. And your first act, super exciting as an Emmy Award winning casting director uh, for CBS. You were casting all of their uh, miniseries and their television shows and their movies. Um, you just shared with me helping launch the career of Hilary Swank, who, by the way, I just love, uh, oh my God, she was so amazing and boys don't cry and so many other things, but, um, but you've worked with, you know, Brad Pitt and George Clooney and just all the greats. I mean, that had to be a very exciting first act. It was very exciting. And it was, it was, it was nothing that I actually planned to do. Um, When I left college at at the University of Texas in Austin, um, I was an actress in the theater department and I went to New York and some friends formed a theater company and everybody took on different jobs to get the theater company growing. And I was like, well, I'll I'll get the cast together. And that was it. I I was all of a sudden casting director for the next 25 years. I mean, that's incredible. So you started in off-Broadway in New York and then you end up you know, heading up CBS East Coast, then they sent you to the West Coast, which is, of course, how you end up here in LA. And, um, uh, you know, and to not even have that path in mind must have made it kind of all that more fun and exciting. Well, it was, it yeah. was. And I d- didn't really think it could be a career yeah. at that point. I didn't really realize that casting was a career at that point. So it was fascinating when I just started meeting the right people and, People from Los Angeles, casting directors from Los Angeles would come into New York to cast a, either a movie, a movie of the week or a pilot. And I would all of a sudden get all those jobs of everybody coming in for a few days or a week or something. So I started making a lot of connections. And that's how one of the casting directors that I worked with introduced me to CBS and said, you should hire this person. So it's been kind of you know magical that way. Yeah, totally. And uh, what were some of your favorite shows that you cast? I see you did Six Feet Under, Twilight Zone, all these classics. Well, you know, it, when I was at CBS, um, at head of casting for movies and miniseries, uh, Lonesome Dove was my project. And that was fantastic. And I got to go to Austin and Santa Fe. And that was wonderful. And um, uh, it, it's, um, 
An Inconvenient Woman was a wonderful mini series with Jason Robards and Rebecca de Mornay, which was just incredible. So Six Feet Under working with Alan Ball when I was uh, head of casting for Greenblatt Janelari Studios, we had a deal with Alan Ball and um, developed Six Feet Under. And you know, working with Alan, he had just come off of winning an Oscar for American Beauty. So it was just amazing working with him and, and helping him assemble oh, that cool. cast. That, oh, that was a great movie too. Loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, you know, growing up with film and television in my blood, making documentaries and whatnot. And I just, um, I feel like it really is film and television that helps change culture. So I'm super excited about a new project we're working on, which we can't really disclose, but it is about, you know, venturing out city to city to help women get funded. And uh, that of course is one of the main focuses of our She Angels Foundation yeah. Yeah. Uh, that we you know, focus on, um, you know, funding female founded nonprofits that are helping women to thrive. And so we're going to talk about that later because you are in charge um, of our grant action committee that looks at the applications that come in. Uh, if anybody's listening and they have a female founded nonprofit that's helping women, by all means, they can apply. And Holly and her team will take a look at that. And we're going to talk later in the show about some awesome uh, nonprofits that we're getting behind through the She Angels Foundation. Uh, But first, okay, so that was your first act. Imagine, what an incredible first act. So let's talk about your second act. You you came out with this amazing book that has become this industry standard called the Audition Bible, correct? Happen to have a copy right here. I bet you do. And (laughs) This is like, uh, I, I was just talking to Kat Curry this morning. She was telling me that this is like um, a mandatory reading in many colleges and that you've gone all around the country teaching this, that there was no book out there like this. And anybody who is wanting to be an actor and get into this uh, business needs to read the audition Bible. It's it's exactly what it says. <laughs> well, it, and it's, it's interesting because what happened is, is that I've been teaching audition workshops. I uh, uh, had, had been um, worked at a, a network, a studio, and as an independent casting director. So I'd seen the world, the casting world from three different points of view, where an actor has to travel through all these different rooms, right? And so I started, I was like, it just dawned on me, I really need to help actors learn how to audition because it's a different skill than being in acting class. And so I really wrote the book as a companion piece to my audition workshops initially. And so I really wrote it like a textbook. And so you can read it if you're just wanting to know one thing, like what should I wear to the audition? And you can just turn to that section of the book. It doesn't have to be you know, read uh, cover to cover. So it's, um, I think that's why it's been very popular in, in um, uh, uh, drama schools. American Academy, American Academy of Dramatic Arts has it in New York and uh, because they can read a section of it, you know, chapter right. three and work on that. Um, but what happened is, is that I started teaching these audition workshops and I just have now entered my, what I call my third act. And um, I think part of it really happened during this last year in lockdown when I, wasn't going to the colleges to teach and everything shifted to Zoom. And I started uh, writing um, really the third version of my, my mother Mavis Powell's cookbook called Mavis's Kitchen. 
Now, now let me blow your let me blow your horn here a little bit. <laughs> I love this book, and I love. I love, uh, I don't want to brush over the fact that you are reinventing yourself for the third time because people get fearful of that. I think especially successful women, like, what am I going to do with my third chapter? You know, and I think that what you're doing is amazing. I love this book. I think every family that has a cook in it should do this. I just want to say that I loved reading about how you initially did the first version of Mavis is your mom's uh, cookbook when she turned 90, 90 and then did this new revision version. That's so cool. Uh, when she turned 95 <laughs> and I just love that it um, captures her life. So it's not just recipes, it's her story. And the story is fascinating because she grew up in the depression, Louisiana, Right. I grew up right. in Louisiana. Then at six, you said you moved to Texas. So you've always been a Southern girl. And these are all Southern recipes. Southern so recipes, yeah. I love that. You know, I and, love biscuits and, and gravy. During that time, you know, she grew up in the, the Great Depression. Her mom, her parents had what they called a marked house, which uh, the hobos of the time would be looking for food. And so they you know, would mark houses or places where you could go rest or get food. And so mom grew up with my, my grandmother having big pots of stews and soups always boiling on the stove. And so if a hobo came by, um, they would come to the back door and they had a beautiful little bench under a tree set up and they would feed anyone who came by. And so mom's passion of serving people developed into her being this amazing hostess. And so she took her skills of hosting massive parties for um, Bob Hope and Liberace through the, the theater that my father was the, the chairman of. So it and I love that these stories are in this book. That's what I love. Like the, the story about the hobos, which for younger people, they might not even know what a hobo is. <laughs> right. But it's it. A homeless person during the Great Depression. Exactly. Lost jobs, right? It's right. Familiar to what we're going through now. And what they did was they hopped trains and went through different towns to find work and, um, and left their families behind for the most part. And so they were hungry along the way and they developed a hobo code of this is a dangerous, dangerous area. Stay away from this house. They have guns. Um, go to this place. They have food. So they started this whole code. And uh, it's fascinating. And what happened is that my niece, uh, Shannon, who lives in Houston, Texas, and I started thinking during what we're going through now with the coronavirus, that it was just the perfect time to rewrite this book of what mom went through in the Great Depression and what we're going through now. Mom's philosophy was always, uh, what do you have in your freezer, fridge, or shelf? And that's what you have for dinner. Yeah, and we kind of had to do that during this coronavirus. Now is we're looking around because you don't want to go to the grocery store very much. You know, you limit your trips. And so we rewrote this with what we've been going through with the coronavirus in mind. So um, that's that was real. So that's what I did with my coronavirus vacation. Right. So this is the third rendition of the book. It's the third rendition. I love it. Well, there's photos of your parents in here. There's the recipes. There's the stories. Even I love the page where there's all these signs that they put up for the hobos, like because there's like 20 different signs. And and your mom would talk about how they would literally leave the door open, put the sign up, everybody's welcome. They never and, locked their doors. They weren't afraid of the, yeah. the coming through town. 
And really it Amazing. does, you know, we really look around with what we've gone through this year and everybody has really been, you know, helping others. And I think it's so fascinating that, you know, you and, and, and Kat formed, you know, She Angels during this coronavirus time where helping people, women helping women. And so that has completely segued uh, into, I think we started in July, was it? Something right. Like and I just want to say uh, before we uh, wrap up the conversation, this is called Mavis's Kitchen, which is your mom's name, and it is available on Amazon. Amazon and it's yeah. a wonderful book about their story. Like you said, hosting these fabulous parties where people like Bob Hope and his wife were there, uh, taking a cruise, meeting Mrs. Perrier, the actual Perrier lady, and um, your house uh, when it uh, practically burnt down and you guys had to start over. I mean, everything from the depression to the present, it, it's a wonderful book of stories. And like I said, um, if anybody has a cooking family, it, it, it's you're really going to enjoy this and might even think of doing something similar yourself. So, so this is all part of your third act. This is all part of my third act. And I'm also writing a, another book. Um, I call it my Eat, Pray, Love book um, because I've gone through a tremendous uh, transition in my personal life these last three years. And so it's been very cathartic in writing this. So I'm now really focused on writing. I really consider myself a writer at this point in my life. Mm -hmm. um, after being a casting director and a, and a teacher, that's what I'm focused on. And, um, and so I'm really kind of applying all the skills that I have learned over the years um, into what I'm doing now and working with Shoe Angels. And I do think that that's what life is all about is we, we do this, we do that, we do this. And at the end of it, we realize, oh, it's all part of a puzzle. Each thing we've done comes together to do what our purpose is. And it sounds like your next purpose. Your skill set. What is your yeah. skill set? Everybody has a, a special skill, talent that sometimes you're not even aware of. Right. But I'm, I'm pretty organized and, you know, it, it, and that helps with a lot of things. And writing is also something that you really just need to sit down and do. You know, a lot of writers say it's just so hard to actually sit down and, and start. Oh, many so, people feel that way. Like they have a book in them, but they don't know where to begin. And it really is I just- I have a schedule. Yeah, being, starting. Like, you know, the last year, I, I've, it, that's the only way to do it is to actually have a schedule and then sit down at some point and start writing. Right, right. To, in other words, put it on the- on this, on the calendar that yeah. you're going to write on this day or this weekend or whatever. Like, yeah, I know. I, I feel that way about everything in life. I don't think anything gets done unless you actually have it. I always tell my wife, let's make uh, a list of what we want to accomplish tomorrow because, you know, the I am a big list maker. Yeah. Making that list is like magic because it really comes right. to fruition. If right. it's not on the list, I don't know about you. If it's not on my list, it doesn't get done. If I go to the grocery store and I don't put something on the list, I just forget about it. So oh, I'm, yeah. and it's also when you cross it off, it's just such an accomplishment that you actually cross it off. So it does. It makes you feel empowered. Yeah. So, uh, so then let's move into, okay. So your third chapter, we, you know, reinventing yourself as a writer. You have a new book coming out. I'm excited to hear more about that. And uh, you've become um, a cherished member of our She Angels Advisory Board. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, you head up the grants action team, which 
reviews the incoming applications to make sure they meet our criteria. And the criteria basically is that they're a female founded nonprofit that are helping women to thrive. Okay. Let's talk about some of them that in this past year, we did 10 grants and I am so proud of us for doing that during this coronavirus when these nonprofits really need the funding. And boy, our circle of friends and their friends have really stepped up to the plate to help us raise the funding we needed to get behind these. And people can just become a member. It's tax deductible 100%. And you get the satisfaction of collective giving. In other words, you're whatever you donate, $500 or whatever you donate, uh, it is pulled together with everyone else's money, making it more powerful than your small donation. So there is power in numbers. We get together, we pool our money, and we get behind these nonprofits. And um, we also have online and in-person, when we can, gatherings. So you get to socialize with other amazing women like yourself that are part of this foundation. Um, and we are just so grateful for the women that have joined. Options, you know, it's it's been Kat Cora, who is on our advisory board. Right, Chef Kat Cora is on our board, uh, as is Randy Thomas, the first woman to do the uh, uh, voiceover for the Oscars and Grammys and Kennedy Center. Uh, she's another amazing part of our advisory board. So many, uh, hard to mention everybody, but a, a really accomplished group of altruistic and kind and amazing women. And you definitely want to be a part of it. Is that I've been in, in the entertainment business really my whole life. And it's fascinating. For instance, we gave um, a grant to um, the veterans giving. And that is amazing. I don't know anything about the military. And all of a sudden to be involved with these women who have devoted their lives to the, to the military. And once they get out of the military, what do they do? And so this organization that we that we gave a grant to is looking to help these, these women be their own entrepreneurs, opening their own shop, opening their own business, sending them to conferences so they can learn a new skill. Yes. That's so just an out of my wheelhouse of, of an area that I haven't known anything about. Or how about a People's Pottery Project who they're helping formerly incarcerated women to learn pottery um, this is something I would have known nothing about. And in yeah. fact, I own some of their pottery and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, the, we network, um, as a, as a former breast cancer survivor, um, they get wigs, uh, for women who are going through chemo. We fund wigs. We help them get to their chemo appointments. It's just been, that's been personally so satisfying mm -hmm. to help these women, I know what they go through when you, you know, you're, you're just so unsure of what your future is like. So, and then one of our newest ones is the global women in blockchain, which I find fascinating because I know that is the wave of the future and most women don't know anything about it. And we're partnering with them to have them teach us. And then we're giving them a donation to help them teach other women and create a program so that women are really up on blockchain. It's revolutionary. It's going to change the way business is done. We want women to be at the forefront. So I love what they're doing too. It's incredible. It's incredible. Um, but the projects are, and the, and the women in media, which is wonderful that, you know, having been in the entertainment industry that 
it was a, been a man's world around that whole area. I remember when I was the only female executive at CBS and wow. all the males were there and there I was and, and I was younger, a lot younger. And um, the struggle that I had, and I think it's just being comfortable in all of those rooms. And now that's what's so wonderful about, about helping women be comfortable in all of those rooms and letting a, a woman, you know, run the camera instead of a man. Let 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 the, the woman, you know, be the the boom operator. Right. Know, it's it's just so it's so satisfying. Well, what women in media has done is created directory so that uh, movie producers and uh, TV directors they can't say, oh, well, we would hire a woman no. crew, but we don't know where to find them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now they can look at that directory and find a boom operator or an audio person or anybody above or below that line, uh, which is a beautiful thing. I love what they're doing, too. Um, in cooking, by the way, you know, it's mainly male chefs, really. And that's when Kat Cora uh, broke the barrier by being the first female Iron Chef. And she did give me a beautiful quote there at the top of that book. But she did. endorsed your book. I love issue. it. It's still an issue. And you know, wouldn't it make sense that, that women should be <laughs> chefs? I mean, well, it's just so incredible. Well, and what I love about her Chefs for Humanity, which is another one that we've gotten behind, uh, is that she uh, brings in a young woman chef who wants to own her own restaurant and teaches her not only about being a chef, but about being a businesswoman, because only 7% of the restaurants are owned by female chefs. And we want to help change that. So that's another one we got behind. So I love the diversity of all the different ones we've gotten behind. Diversity is what's so exciting. Yes, yes. And we got behind another one, uh, Hope Gardens, that helps women of domestic violence have a place to live, eat, and educate them on how to get back into the workforce, either as an entrepreneur or as a... uh, as a career woman, but helps them get back in the workforce. So Mm -hmm. I tell you, when you're a part of the She Angels Foundation as a member, you're doing important work with your money and making it work harder uh, because it's being pooled with other amazing women. And you get to be part of this group that uh, you can network with in a a beautiful, connective way because we're all helping each other in other capacities as well. When you really talk about diversity, of what everyone does, but these women in She Angels have accomplished amazing things in their life, have their own companies, their own businesses, their own restaurants, whatever. And it's just so fascinating to be connected with all of these fun, amazing women who are helping other women. Yeah, Um, I mean, we definitely are a community of women helping women. And so if anybody wants to be a part of it, they just go to She Angels Foundation. Yep. This is our new uh, slogan, Fund Women, Save the World. uh, Catherine came up with, she did an amazing TED Talk, by the way, um, about this and uh, Fund Women, Save the World. And, um, you know. Thank you. Well, sheangelsfoundation.org, they can easily find it. Holly, how did they find you? Uh, it's hollypalstudios.com. At, at gmail.com. At oh, gmail. Sorry. Not, no, that's my email address. It's hollypalstudios.com. Right. Uh, so that's the website, and they can find you on social media? Yes, 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 absolutely. On Facebook. The other thing that I did want to say is that um, 
I am currently writing the second edition of the Audition Bible. Um, I didn't know that the distributor called like last week and said, hey, we're almost out of books. And my publisher and I were like, well, wait a minute. I don't want to just redo this one because how much has changed in the last year? Right. right. Everything is on camera, inside, self-taping. So I am very busy right now writing the new edition of the Audition Bible to I include the whole new world of auditioning. And you can get this book on Amazon. Boy, there, there is no grass growing under you. <laughs> no, really not. So from Emmy award-winning uh, casting director to the audition Bible that's taught around the country by you and here in LA uh, and at schools and uh, the new rendition coming out on Amazon, the audition Bible for those wanting to get into the uh, world of acting. And then finally, um, Mavis's uh, Kitchen, which is a wonderful cookbook with their story of her mom growing up in the depression and then growing up in Louisiana and Texas and all the great Southern cooking recipes and stories. And of course, uh, we want you to join Holly and I at the She Angels foundation.org. Holly, thank you for everything you're doing. You're such a blessing and uh, so grateful to know you and have you uh, as a part of our foundation. Thank Thank you. you. Great to be here. Thank you, Catherine. All right, everybody, make it a great week and remember to invest in her. Take care. Thanks, Holly. Thank you. Our theme music was created and produced by Lindsay Tomasic.